0: to the Basic Income Podcast, I'm Owen Poindexter. And I'm Jim Pugh. There is growing interest in this country in basic income and there are undoubtedly thousands, hopefully millions of people who are interested in UBI and are now looking for something to do with that energy.
1: So one new vehicle for channeling that energy is an organization called Income Movement that popped up really in the wake of the Andrew Yang campaign to really harness and channel a lot of that enthusiasm for UBI and, and hopefully push it forward and actually make real policy happen. So I had a chance to sit down with Stacey Rutland, who's one of the co-founders of Income Movement, and get an update from her on what exactly is happening with that.
0: So here's Jim's conversation with Stacey Rutland.
1: Stacy, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast.
2: Thank you so much for having me on. This is wonderful.
1: So to begin with, can you tell us a bit about the genesis of Income Movement? How did this all come about?
2: Sure. So my uh, immediate kind of near-term relationship with the idea of basic income um, started with some volunteer work that I did for the Andrew Yang presidential campaign. So, you know, learned about him like a lot of people do through some friends who were um, very, very politically savvy and kind of on the forefront of paying attention to what was happening in the presidential campaign. And um, they started to talk to me about Andrew's platform and the excitement that they felt around that. And so I did some of my own research and, and was really excited about his ideas around a universal basic income. I come from an education background, so I was a high school social studies and, and English teacher for a while. Economics and, and systems have always been interesting to me, and I've certainly always leaned more towards the feeling that unregulated capitalism could really hurt a lot of people um, and have felt like in the last you know, 20 or 30 years we're starting to see the impact of that um, and kind of lowering taxes and all of those wonderful things. And so it's, basic income has definitely been on my radar for quite a while. And so of course I was excited about Yang's platform and the Freedom Dividend as um, an idea that was really, and watching it really gain some traction in the larger, in kind of the larger national discourse. And so I was doing some some volunteer work for them, also doing some fundraising work with for them. And um, through that process, met Dylan Enright, the my co-founder of Income Movement. He was the um, the director of finance for the campaign um, in twenty seven, or sorry, twenty nineteen, and um, and so we formed a relationship, started working together to do fundraising and and other things. And uh, really, as we started to talk more and more about kind of our passion for basic income, we also recognized that. In conversations with um, with Andrew Yang, you know, he's he's recognized that getting even if he were elected as president, that that the process of getting basic income passed and getting his freedom dividend passed is a is a pretty long process. You know, in his mind, he's mentioned ideas like eight to ten years in best case scenario, and of course that's because of the need to have a a robust um, support for. Uh, basic income above and beyond just a single presidential candidate or or presidential um, sitting president. So from that, Dylan and I talked about, you know, what, what is happening right now in the larger world of grassroots organizing for basic income as an idea, um, kind of separate from any one specific candidate. And we saw that there was really a, a a bit of a void there. Um, and wanted to make sure that there was something in place where we could leverage all of this enthusiasm and, and excitement for the Freedom Dividend and basic income as it was kind of entering into the political discourse, make sure we were giving people a place to um, to put their energy and to keep that that ball moving forward beyond 2020. Um, because we know that's what needs to happen in order for us to be able to actually get this passed at a, at a larger scale. So really
1: the first, big thing y'all did to, to kind of kick off wider awareness here was the basic income march that happened in late 2019. Can you talk about how where, where that idea came from and, and how, how that all went?
2: So through his relationships uh, that he built while working for the campaign, Dylan started to have conversations with people who had been in, in the world of basic income and basic income organizing for quite a while. And um, and connected with uh, two people in the New York City area, James Felton Keith, who who's, is who's and, and was running for Congress on a platform of UBI, as well as um, Diane Pagin, who has been involved in the basic income um, organizing for quite a while. She's run basic income New York chapter for a while. And they had begun in the late spring, early summer to talk about the idea that uh, a more public display of support um, where people could come together and kind of rally together around basic income would be a really, um, could be a really powerful uh, experience. And so Dylan had connected with them through the campaign. And when Dylan and I were thinking about, you know, is would it make sense to start income movement and and start this larger grassroots organ, organization? We saw the basic income march really as an opportunity to test the waters to see you know how hungry of an appetite is there out there where are people um, when it comes to um, really kind of rallying together and um, and demanding basic income and so we connected with with them. There were some additional people who have been, um, foundations who have been working in basic income for quite some time, um, who were also um, interested in supporting that effort. And so we were basically brought in to help with the overall kind of structure, managing and organizing of the event. And so that's what we came in and did. And, And we had an amazing response. We were in over 30 cities um, across all five continents. Um, we had, I think, more than 20 cities here in the United States that had some kind of event on that weekend. Um, many of them were marches, some were rallies or, or other kinds of events. And that really was a great opportunity for us both to see, for Dylan and I to see how we worked together and if we, you know, were aligned in our general philosophies of how an organization and events might be managed and run, but also an, uh, an opportunity for us to see this, the success and the interest that was out there within the, the larger community. So from that, we felt like, okay, this is, there's really something here. Let's, let's start putting the, the, the full kind of energy behind starting income movement.
1: So I think at this point, it's fairly obvious that when you talk about universal basic income, Andrew Yang and the Yang campaign are, are really the, the focal point in this moment. And you mentioned how, how what you're working on as far as long-term organizing could be quite complimentary if, if Andrew were to win the presidency. In the moment we're in right now, where he is running, I'm curious, how do you see yourselves in relation to the campaign?
2: It's an interesting question. Right now, income movement is a 501c3. We're not a PAC. So formal organizing around kind of political... Activism and and direct support for um, political organizations and candidates is not on our um, it's not on our roadmap at least in the near term. So from our perspective, and one of the things that we've seen most in um, in our conversations with anybody who's been involved in basic income for, for many years is that the, the the biggest hurdle to really adoption is helping people understand and kind of do the paradigm shift that's required for them to. See basic income and universal basic income as um, valid. <laughs> there's there's a lot in our in our culture, um, deep in our culture, and society around you know the Protestant work ethic and pull yourself up by your bootstraps and kind of the American dream. That all points to the idea that you work hard and you get rewarded. And w- we know what we're seeing right now is that no matter how hard at least a, a good chunk of our society works they're not seeing those rewards they're not getting the outcome that for so many generations um, was seen as a reality and so in supporting Andrew's campaign really what we recognize as the most important work to be done is helping people understand um, and be educated really around what basic income is and what is what's going on with our current system why we find ourselves in the current situation that we do for so many of our citizens to be struggling to such a high degree to be having to work multiple jobs just to keep afloat those kinds of things and and helping people rethink what it means what a, a government, And the role of government in our lives is and what our own kind of agency in an economic system is as as citizens of a of a government. So from our perspective, a lot of what we're doing is is complementary to really any campaign because we're know our goal is to help people learn more about what basic income is and then be open to um, to that as a platform. Um, you know, to legislation that might be coming down the pipeline in their own local, regional, or state areas, or to support candidates who are running on a platform of UBI.
1: So, on that note, can can you talk a bit more about what specifically you all are working on now? And then, yeah, what is what's what's happening in the income movement world?
2: Sure. So, right now, you know, we're, we obviously are in the early phases. We're we're a few months in. A lot of what we're doing is operations and logistics of just getting our our organization up and running and getting all the software, everything that is going to make it so that we can actually support efforts. but a big part of what we want to do is grow the grassroots community that we are that is out there, help them understand kind of uh, and find opportunities for them to engage so part of what we're doing is building um, events and um, and activities for people to uh, to be able to engage in. Some of that is um, things like petitions or letter writing. Um, some of it is just helping people be aware of what's going on in the world of basic income. Right now, there's not a lot of um, what's happening with, within basic income is, is often very disparate. And being able to understand and find out about things that are happening um, in people's communities can be a little bit difficult. Um, So there's kind of this disparate nature of what's happening. And there's also a lot of what's happening is very small and very targeted. Um, An example, I know you're in the Bay Area. So some of the listeners here are in the Bay Area, an example is in Santa Clara, Santa Clara County, wanting to um, pass a pilot to support foster kids as they exit foster care and become adults. And that's a really important opportunity for people to support, to pe- for people to promote, for people to get involved in the Bay Area, to let that the city council there know that they support that. Um, but it's, it's hard to find out about those things. So some of what we're also doing is building a repository of information. We're um, on our website, doing updates to our website where people can actually go and see What's, what are opportunities for me to get involved? Um, and what's the work that all these other great organizations and great people are doing that I can get on, on board with to make, sh- make sure that I'm putting my energy in some of the more effective locations?
1: So, uh, and again, I think on that note, like if people are interested in, in getting involved in this, are, are there ways to do that at this point?
2: So right now, what we have going on right now for for income movement is a variety of uh, ways to support some of the volunteerism that's happening right now on the ground um, for uh, basic income. So uh, there's a lot of people you know, in Iowa, and we have a team in Iowa right now who is helping promote the idea of basic income. Um, so that in, you know, in that very important early state, people are able to have conversations and get more information around, um, some of the platforms that different candidates are running on. Um, and we know that it's a very politically active community there right now. They're very much so engaged. And so we want to meet people where they are and, and help answer the questions, help get them the information they need to, to better understand basic income. Um, So that's one thing that we're doing right now, like immediately that um, has been very helpful. We have volunteers both in the field, but also volunteers remotely that are supporting that team, getting them anything that they need, um, assets, resources to be able to get in the hands of the people who are asking questions. Um, We have run a few petitions and, and other things like that to get some immediate ways for people to... Um, to engage and have their voice heard, and then we're we have a um, kind of core volunteer we have some some rock star volunteers we have a retreat that we are um, hosting in the first week of March that will be us kind of laying out the groundwork for how uh, how to grow our larger grassroots organization and you know we really believe strongly in this idea of that any grassroots movement really has to come from the people. And even though we are an organization, we don't want to have a top-down perspective of, hey, here's how we're going to grow the grassroots. We want to be talking to the people who are actually doing the work and how have them help define that work. And so um, right now, our volunteers are pretty heavily involved in helping do the defining of how we want to, you know, grow this movement, both in 2020, but but beyond, and the kinds of efforts that are most exciting and interesting for, for them to put their their energy behind.
0: That was Jim Pugh and Stacey Rutland on the Basic Income Podcast. One thing I think about a lot, especially around presidential campaigns, but really any election, is that most campaigns fail. Most people do not become the president or do not achieve the office they are running for. And so, what's, what's the point? You know, some campaigns, it's like if you lose, then there was no point. And with the Yang campaign especially, I feel like hopefully there, there's more to this, that the dominoes keep falling and that more people learn about basic income and get excited about it and, and it has ripple effects
1: for policy down the road. Right. I think that there is, I mean, there's clearly so much energy around the Yang campaign right now. Just go online and almost, it doesn't matter what you're looking for, you're going to see something about Andrew Yang pop up relatively quickly. And so I think there's, there's a big question. And, and if you look to the past, it's a very varied track record around when you get that kind of energy, when a campaign ends, and honestly, what, whether the person gets elected or not, I, I think this still applies, but there, there is really a question as to, like, does that, is that able to continue in some way? And generally, campaigns themselves, again, whether you win or lose, are not great vehicles for long-term organizing just because they're inherently time-limited. And so having, having somewhere obvious for, for the energy to go to continue beyond that scope, I think that's, that's really important in this moment.
0: Yeah, and right now it feels like a lot of raw energy. It's like, okay, we, we want a basic income to happen. We have a lot of people excited about this idea. What do we do with that? And I think the income movement, is it's still, especially from your conversation, it feels like wet clay. Like there's a lot of different shapes this could take right now. But I think that's fine. I think as long as there is this vessel that can keep people engaged and educated and motivated around basic income, I think the opportunities to do something with that energy will, I mean, there are plenty right now other than the Yang campaign, but those will keep popping up, whether they're in the form of elected office campaigns or, or other movements.
1: Yeah, I thought Stacy's point about just allowing people to really just find out, discover what's happening locally made a lot of sense. Because it's true, there's actually a lot going on around the country, but unless you're really making an intentional effort digging into local news, various conversations in non-obvious places online, you may be missing most of this. And so... If there, if there simply is a way to just form that bridge of people who are like, hey, this is a great idea, I want this to happen, with finding out, oh, actually, my city or the next town over is talking about potentially doing something here. That on its own is already, could be a huge value add. And so, uh, and, and then, yeah, I think the support you can add beyond that is whether it's in the context of lessons, whether it's in the context of policy discussions, whether it's in the context of more creative approaches to to pushing the idea, the the more you can help to facilitate that, I I think the more powerful a movement you can build. The other thing that stood out to me is Stacy's point about how it's really important to them that it be the grassroots, that it be the volunteers who are not just doing the work around pushing UBI forward, but actually helping to shape what income movement looks like that they really see this as, as something coming from the bottom up and that they, they, they don't want to be themselves like directive leaders. They kind of want to be shepherding this, this larger movement. I, I think it's hard to do that because it, it means rather than just being able to go in a room and decide something, you need to have a whole process to be able to, to really listen to people and, and to turn that into something usable. But I think if you do it right, uh, I mean, yeah, it allows people to really feel a sense of ownership in this, which can be so so powerful.
0: I think that sense of ownership is key to to keeping people engaged, because there are so many things that demand our attention, both politically and and otherwise. And feeling like you know this this means something to you, like the victories of the basic income movement are in some sense your victories. I think that's what's going to keep it alive for, you know, the, the years to come, for for the next campaigns and for, for the general growth of the movement, so that, you know, if we get another presidential candidate who wants to talk about basic income, it's
1: not this totally out of left field, who is this guy kind of thing. All right. That'll do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our producer, Eric Davidson. And if you like what you hear, please do make sure to rate and review us on the podcast service of your choice. We'll talk to you next time.